TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, everybody, two guys at a mic back at you after a uh, extended Martin Luther King weekend, a little three-day off for a lot of people, and including us. I think we had a replay show on yesterday. Either that or they brought in a co-host that I did not know about. But either way, we're back at it, two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, and we do appreciate you joining us. we got football talk and more in the next 57 minutes and 38 seconds. Had to bring it out again today, Big Dog. I don't know if you're watching via our live webcast or not, but my uh, Costa Maya bought Tourist Center Bears poncho. I am wearing once again, my friend, after a big Chicago Bear victory. I don't need to ask you how your weekend was. Was about to say, do we know the Green Bay Packer fight song? By the way, we got to see if there is yeah, a fight song. Yeah, it goes song. like this: It's got a funky bass line. Boom, 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 boom. Go, Pat, go. It goes like that, Coach. That's all. Yep, yep, yep. We're gonna have to get a uh, copy of that. Before I was uh, not rudely but beautifully interrupted by our producer David Olson and that playing of the Bears fight song. I was going to mention I don't need this weekend or this Monday. Now it's a Tuesday to ask you how your weekend was because I know what the Bears. Championship game coming up in a big victory, big dog. Your weekend had to be outstanding. Oh, my goodness, Coach. It was quite a day to be at the household. Uh, it was great. Cloudy and Brian were off, so I was able to watch it with all my boys. It was, uh, uh, I mean, legitimately, Coach. Anytime you get to see your team in the playoffs and have them be victorious, I don't care if it was against a sub-500 team. I don't mm-hmm. care about any of that other stuff. A very, very, very fun Sunday afternoon and, and, and a fun Saturday because the games are always a little bit more interesting when your team's in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Saturday, great football, and then uh, Sunday to see the Bears just put a beat down on the Seahawks and then hold on for dear life and then eke out a victory. Well, Absolutely I don't beautiful. know. Would well, you, would maybe you, it wasn't eke out. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. If, the only people that were holding on for dear life, I think the result, the Bears – had the victory handily in shape, but the, the spread was 10 points. I'm going to yeah. bet uh, there were some people that were really, really, uh, what was the word, term you used, uh, uh, hanging by a thread or, you know, hanging on barely, yeah. were the uh, people that had the Bears plus 10 because, whew, that got a little bit close at the end. And I, I, You know what? I, I just want to let you know, Pete Carroll made a mistake that 99% of all coaches make. Okay. Mm-hmm. When the when after the touchdown that made it thirty five to twenty three, they kicked the extra point to make it 
35-24. And I know if everybody else does, well, that, that way, you know, you, you keep it at 11 and you get uh, a field goal and a two-point conversion. Right. Well, if you really want to win the game, you go for two then, coach. Okay? And the reason why is you get it to, you either get it to 10 mm-hmm. or it stays at 12. And that way, if you do get the ball back, you know whether you need a field goal or whether you have to get the touchdown. That's why you do it then on that uh-huh. one. That's if you really truly want to win the game, you need to know whether you need you can settle for a field goal or you have to get a mm-hmm. t- two touchdowns because you missed the two point conversion. It's an interesting concept. An interesting concept. Uh, I, I don't think it's a correct concept. No, no, no. See, see, <laughs> but it's an no, interesting. It absolutely is the correct. Well, one. no, it's not yeah. absolutely. No, yes, no. It is, no, it's not you, absolutely. You argue, you argue with me early in the year and I, I about something dog, that I know I'm not, right about, but I, I'll not, leave it open. That one, I'm right. This excuse one, I'm right. Excuse me, this is not absolute. In yes, fact, most people would think you're crazy. I'm one of the ones that's willing to give you at least a slight opening, but but clearly, the decision is not absolute. The reason why, Coach, is you don't know if you're going to make the two point conversion. Mm-hmm. So if you if you say if you yeah. don't go for two, then and just say you do get the ball back, and you're in a situation where you can go for uh, the fourth mm-hmm. down, or or you have to kick the field goal. Oh, we'll kick the field goal. Oh, mm-hmm. now you're down to eight. When you could have maybe scored a touchdown on that time, you but and then you score a touchdown, you don't yeah. get the two point conversion. Uh-huh. Well, maybe that time you kick the field goal, you should have scored on fourth down. It's interesting because I would have said uh, you're completely wrong, and I would have done as 99 percent of the other coaches would have done. But you bring up. A good point. What you're basically saying is if you don't make the two-pointer, better to find out early so yeah. you can recuperate. If you don't make the two-pointer with 10 seconds left, game over, you have no chance to recuperate from that. Exactly. Okay, that's solid. Now, the the I think the fallacy in your argument is the emotional side of it, where if you kick the field goal, your psychological state, I think, knowing that you just need a touchdown and a field goal, I think you can play differently. You play with a little bit more sense of urgency. So I do think mentally, down 12 versus down 11, no one. And there's some strategy things you can do to get that field goal, too. So I see what you're saying, but I, it's not absolute. I, I still think I would uh, kick the field goal and stay within 10 at the time. I will. I'm going to be in that 1% of okay. coaches and, and not care about what everybody else is going to say about me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do what's best for my team. And by the way, I will have a two-point conversion yeah. play that's going to be more successful than 49% of the time. Well, you truly are a uh, – you're the 1% type guy, Big Doug. You are not afraid to uh, go against the grain. You're not afraid to think outside the box. That's why we love you. Yeah, before we get into all this bare love, there was something like we had a football discussion early in the year that mm-hmm. was really, really uh, – it was it was gigantic. And, and if you think about it, the the Houston Texans letting the Jets off the hook by not doing what I thought they should have done and they did what everybody else would have done is the reason why the 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 Jets are made the playoffs. You see, if they lose that game, they don't make the playoffs, and the Jets knock off a team that everybody said couldn't be beat, which is the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And what what I was talking about is the the Texans had the ball on the Jets seven. Okay, it was fourth and two, and they were up by one point. Hold on, I gotta, hold on, let me let this sink in. So the uh, okay. the Texans are up seven? The Texans are up one up on the one. Jets' seven-yard line. the Jets' seven, and it's fourth and two. And there's only... Up one point. Uh, and there's only 50-something seconds to go in the game. You kick the field goal. Okay, you see, I just want to let you know that there's no way that I kick a field goal there. 
you automatically give the other team the ball back. And I understand that now they need a touchdown to beat you. And if you don't get the fourth down, they have the ball back. Mm-hmm. But still, you have the ability to keep the ball if you get two yards. Well, they decided to kick the field goal. They went up four, and the Jets went right down the oh, field. Oh, I, I remember listening to that game actually uh, on radio. It was uh, Sanchez threw a big pass down the sidelines. I forgot who yeah. caught the ball. Yeah, yeah, against against yeah. Culver Quinn, the guy who yep. knocked the ball out of the sky against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. and it was Mike Thomas who caught it. He did not have a good season, coach. What's his name? Culver Quinn. Culver Quinn. Not yeah. familiar with Culver Quinn. Love his restaurants, but I'm not familiar with his football defensive abilities. But I do remember that. It wasn't that long ago, maybe three, four, five games ago. And it's interesting that the New York Jets, as you uh, uh, alluded to, barely got into the playoffs. The Green Bay Packers barely got into the playoffs. I think both teams are number six seeds, and both teams are in the final four, one step away from going to the Super Bowl. So it, it applies again, Big Dog, that it doesn't matter how you get to the playoffs, get in, and anything can happen here are the Packers and Jets. They may meet in the Super Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It, it, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it doesn't matter that the, the Bears got a, a – oh. Uh, basically a, a lucky break mm-hmm. by uh, stipulation of a call. They end up they have home field advantage over the Packers because the Packers uh, decided to drop four kid J Cutler interceptions. Okay, and everybody, oh, the, the Bears suck. They should they should have the Packers should have beat them. No, the Packers sucked because they dropped all those interceptions. It, it's seasons come down to one or two plays every single year, coach, and mm-hmm. and this is another one. That's exactly you know that's exactly what's happened. And you know I, I heard something yesterday. And my mouth dropped. uh Oh. When they're interviewing, was your mouth. The, well, it was in a very good spot, coach. Uh, but uh, they were interviewing the New England Patriots, yep, and they were all very disappointed. Blah blah blah, and I like the, <laughs> you know, they, they they did not have a good year this year in terms of they talked with too much crap, just go out there and play football. Well, uh, one of them says, you know, it's kind of sad that if you look at the four teams remaining, we beat all of them, and we're not even in the tournament anymore. Mm-hmm. They beat the Jets 45-3. They beat the Bears 36-7. They beat the the Steelers something like 39-22. And they, the Packers gave them the best game with Matt Flynn under quarterback. Mm-hmm. So not only not only did they beat the remaining teams, in most cases they whooped them. Yes. In the regular yes. season, well, you know, playoffs. One, it's not like uh, the NBA. It's not like the NHL where you can have a bad game and bounce back. It's not best of seven. It's not best of five. It's not even World Cup soccer or, or not World Cup, but. Um, not even uh, MLS soccer, where it's best two out of three. It's one bad game and you're out. The New yeah. England Patriots had a bad game, big dog, and they're done. They probably beat the Jets, what, seven, eight out of ten times, but last Sunday was uh, not one of those seven or eight. Yeah, and, and it comes down to just silly, silly stuff. Are you kidding me? That fake punt with a minute to go in the first half. You don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. It was wide fake, open. Fake, yeah, you don't fake punt with a minute to go and a half, coach. Not in your own territory. Yeah, even if you get it, even if you get it, it's very difficult for you to score anyways. And if you don't yeah. get it, well, guess what? Your other team has a very good chance of scoring. You say that now, but if you looked on the replay, that play was there to be had. The right side was wide open. If they do complete that play, maybe it turns the tide. They go on to win the game. Are we not talking about today, Big Dog, that play as an example of how Bill Belichick can see tape, can find weaknesses in the other team, and attack them? So I... The fumbled it, but I thought that play was there to be. It was an odd time, I agree with you, an odd time for a gamble. That that part I will agree with you with. We'll go well, overall. I, I, I will say this, Coach. If you're going to go for yeah. I have you, you know I have no problem for teams going on, on, on fourth down. I wish all of my, the Bears and Illinois football went for it more on fourth down. 
even then forcing two, and then you know, I mean, all kinds of situations. It's but on that situation, if you're going to go for it, you better make it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your season crashes down. No question about it. Big dog and the coach with you right up until eleven o'clock. Off yesterday, we'll review some of the NFL playoff games. Sneak peek ahead down to the final four. We got other stuff to talk about too. Australian Open tennis. We got NBA basketball with the Bulls with a uh, couple of big victories. I know the very exciting Cub Convention. Big dog. We'll talk about that for. Maybe uh, 30 seconds. And a few other uh, news and notes to get to. Our phone number if you want to join us. Talk some football with the dog and the coach. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Dial it up. Bear fans, Packer fans, you want to get the trash talking started now, we can do that. Big dog, I am proudly wearing the uh, Chicago Bear Poncho. As you remember, I bought it uh and I forget now if it was Cosimao or Costamai or Grand Cayman, but on my vacation suspension, bought this lovely thing, and I'm proudly, proudly draping it over me today. By the way, I'm wearing no pants along with it. Uh, no pantalones, Coach? No pantalones with Sapancho. That, that's a good look for you, Coach. Thank you. <laughs> Not for everybody else, but for you it's a good look. Oh, goodness. Let's hope the uh, cameras here in the live webcast work horizontally and not vertically. If it's a horizontal aerial photo of me, Big Dog, everything's okay. If the camera, I don't know, do we have one of those moving cameras, Dave, like they have now, you know, that wanders around the studio? Because if, if we do, then uh, both myself and the listening audience could be in deep trouble. And none of us want to see that, Coach. No. There's no. there's actually, the, the camera from the back okay. would be able to see you from the waist right. down Very good. if it wasn't for the Chiron on the bottom of well, the uh, video screen. Thank God for so, that. Whatever yeah. the Chiron is, thank God for the Chiron on the bottom of the video screen. Didn't isn't Chiron? Didn't they? Weren't they like a, a hip or a bebop band in the in the seventies? That's what I thought. I thought Chiron. Uh, what was it? They had a couple. No, of no, no. Chi- Chiron was a gas station <laughs> in the seventies, wasn't it? Oh no, that's oh. Chevron. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Oh goodness, big dog. By the way, before we get too lost up into the football, and I know um, we've talked about this before every. Tuesday that we come back from Martin Luther King Day, but let us not forget the reason we had the day off yesterday and the national holiday, truly one of the great greats of all time, Martin Luther King. And I know you, uh, in our old radio show, we used to play some clips. Some of his speeches were just, man, just amazing. The depth, yeah, but, not, not just yeah, how he said it, but what he said. And uh, and I know, Big Dog, you are near and dear to a Martin Luther King. Oh, absolutely, Coach. And uh, as a matter of fact, yesterday, while... Uh, my African American roommate Cloudy had to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was here by myself, and and I, I did. The I have a dream speech by myself. Normally, I do with like like yeah. five or six drunkards watching me do it. Yeah, that's you know, a tradition. The of yours, they're right? laughing because at the beginning they laugh because uh-huh. I can do an uncanny Martin Luther King. Okay, but I, you know I won't do it uh-huh. over there. People might think I'm trying to make yeah. fun. Yeah. But by the end, you know the the, the, the laughing mm-hmm. turns into tears. Like that's that's that, if I remember correctly, that's become a Monday Martin Luther King Day tradition of yours to recite that speech in front of uh, neighbors and fans and, and friends and family. It, it, it is, Coach. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, you know, I'm looking at it right now, as a matter of fact, because uh, I have like a, a painting with the speech actually uh, mm-hmm. on it. It's a pretty long speech. It takes about takes about seven minutes in order to do it, Coach. Is there any uh, YouTube videos out there that um, possibly might depict you? Sing, doing uh, singing, uh, uh, reciting the Martin Luther King's um, "I Have know, a Dream" that's speech. A really good idea. It would be really funny if we can get like a like a really cute, fat, like white kid to do it. Mm-hmm. It'd be it, it'd be a YouTube sensation. No, 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 no. It'd be almost it'd be better than the Herb Brooks one, wouldn't it? What, what's pretty stiff doing <laughs> later today? 
Take it easy. Wow. A shot to one of our fine co-hosts, my good friend Brady said, Big Dog, I think you should do it. It will be a YouTube sensation, and uh, it would help us get some pub for the show as well. Yeah, I mean, okay, I will do a coach. Okay. All right. Sounds good. But uh, we do hope everybody remembers. Do you, do you remembers. want me to do it right now? Sure. Are you sure you got seven minutes? I, I mean, I, I, I'm really not sure. And actually, I don't have my, my glasses on, so I can't read this. <laughs> Oh, that's even better. A white guy with glasses doing the, doing the Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. <laughs> oh, goodness. But he, he truly was one of the greats of uh, all time. And, um, you know, as Jesse Jackson, I think, uh, said yesterday, and I know a lot of people are anti-Jesse Jackson. He says some dumb things, but uh, the smart and correct things he says are about uh, nine to ten, nine to one against, or nine to one for, I should say. And, and he talked about in the athletic venue, there wouldn't be, uh, you know, an Atlanta Hawks or, uh, or there wouldn't be a, a Cam Newton starring for the University of Auburn and winning the Heisman Trophy if it wasn't for the civil rights movement and great people like Martin Luther King. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, it's true. It's absolutely true. So uh, there are a lot of great things that have happened because of him. Mm -hmm. Definitely deserve a day off for everyone. Thank you very much. All right, uh, 888-463-6748. We were off yesterday, so we'll talk about some of the games from the weekend. By the way, our NFL beat the Schmoes contest on Friday. Once again, uh, collectively, we embarrassed ourselves. Big Dog, I think you embarrassed yourself a little bit more than me, but um, yeah. it was not good for the Schmoes. You went 1-3 and three over the weekend. Yeah, I, 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 for some reason, I, I do great during the playoffs. This year, absolutely horrible. Yep. Horrible. Been a rough I mean, year. Embarrassing, coach. Been a rough year. David Olson, our producer, who probably could have gone three and one, could have gone four and zero. Oh. He realized your picks were off. Being the ultimate team player, David agreed with your picks, big dog, and he uh, he took a took a blow on your behalf, and he went one and three also. Oh, not good, coach. Yep. And I not came good. off with a uh, two and two. I had the uh, Ravens beating the Steelers. That did not come through, and I had the uh, Seahawks over the Bears. That did not come through. No. No. All right, let's, let's take the games right from the front. Let's go uh, to the Baltimore Raven-Pittsburgh Steelers game. It's a pretty good game, as predicted. A good defensive battle. Both teams uh, hitting hard. It was a close game. Steelers pull it out. Ben Roethlisberger, that pass late in the game, Big Doug, was amazing. Oh, oh, hitting Antonio Brown from Central Michigan up the sideline. Yeah. You know, Raven? It, was, it, it really wasn't a pass. It was a heath. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to he, ju- he just heed the downfield. I thought he was throwing the ball away. What a perfect, perfect strike to the receiver who, what, like their number seven or eight receiver? Actually, yeah, he's their number five receiver. Uh, okay, number five. Anyway, it was a perfect pass, and it was on, what, third and semi-long, and the semi-long, uh, it was third and 19, coach. That, that qualifies as semi-long. The Ravens had, like, they were <laughs> rushing like two guys. They had nine mm-hmm. guys back in coverage, and somehow Roethlisberger's heave uh, got to his intended target. That was the single biggest play in the game. Absolutely, and it was horrific. How can you let that happen as a Baltimore Raven? I mean, there's other plays like the Flacco fumble and the, the Ray Rice fumble, but that's going to happen. You can't let somebody complete a 60-yard pass on third and 19. Come Roethlisberger on. has done that over his career. I will say in the second half, Ravens had a 21-7 lead over the Steelers. Again, any fans you want to check in? We got any Baltimore-Pittsburgh fans out there? Give us a call. Recap that game to the pain of Baltimore, to the pride of Pittsburgh, 888-463-6748. Big dog, the second half that the Baltimore Ravens played was just atrocious. I mean, they fumbled the ball, they turned it over, their defense missed tackles, completely collapsed in the second half to the Raven. 
They only had 125 yards of offense the whole game. I'm pretty sure they only had 35 in the second half. Mm-hmm. 35 yards yep. and two turnovers in one half. You don't deserve to go to the AFC Championship game if you play that poorly. And a so. lot of drop passes as well. Flacco wasn't great, but the few good passes he did throw in the second half, they dropped. No, TJ Hoosman Zada supposedly oh. is yelling at Flacco, you yeah. get me the ball, get me the ball. He got so him the ball. I'm on, on fourth and 18, yep. he runs. And, and you know, Coach, I brought this up to the fellas. When Michael Jordan took his last shot as a Chicago Bull, mm-hmm. some people said he was like kind of like posing, but he's like, what I really was doing was making sure I did everything perfectly, fundamentally sound, and I kept my arm up there a little longer than I probably should have. I wasn't didn't mean to show off. Well, the ball goes to T.J. Hushmanzada. Everybody, I don't know how many drills he's been in as a wide receiver, but when you're in that situation, you run at least five yards past the first down marker, which he did. You turn. And you come back to the football and you catch it with your hands. You go attack the football. Well, he runs five yards past, turns around, and lets the ball get in on his chest and has to bounce off his chest. Mm-hmm. He didn't come back to the ball and he didn't attack it with his hands. Yep. And guess what? He didn't do the two fundamental things that you have to do every time you go to catch a ball. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They lose. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, that would have been a, a big first down completion, kept the drive alive. And at that point, late in the game, Ravens still had a solid chance of winning if he catches that ball. Yeah, yeah, and you have huge momentum at that point. Yep. You know, oh, we're about to win. It's fourth and eighteen. Oh, man. like well, look what happened when uh, the Eagles converted a, a fourth and twenty-six against the Packers in the O three playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, right after that happened, they went right down the field and won the game. Yeah, actually, the the Hoosman Jada uh, drop, if I remember correctly, that wasn't third down. That was a fourth down pass. Yeah, yeah it was fourth and eighteen, yeah. coach. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he and he you know he did what you want a wide receiver to do. Anquan Bolden, I think, dropped a pass earlier. There were a bunch of them in the second half, but he actually ran past the first down marker. Something we see so many receivers, a lot of Bear teams under Ron Turner would do this, and they would come back and complete it for 14 yards. They needed 18 yards, and he he drove 22 yards, came back to the ball, did everything perfect, and then just dropped the ball. No, would no, have he been didn't a first do everything down. perfect, coach. He didn't come back to the ball. He just well, he went 22, stopped. And, and jumped up straight. He didn't go back to the football. Mm-hmm. What he needed to do was attack the ball, stop playing and turn, and get separation between the defender and catch it with his hand. Well, and he just stopped and went straight up and hit right but, on his chest. I but, mean, it almost knocked him over. But there was no defender, uh, and, and maybe I agree with you, he didn't come back as strong as he should have. But the key was your last point. He didn't get the hands out because there was no defender to deny the pass. It was right there. I mean, the defender was in the zone. He was right behind him, but that pass was there to mm-hmm. be caught and mm-hmm. uh, a chance to go to the championship game, maybe, if he catches the ball. But oh, overall, the second half, the Ravens just, uh, man, 21-7 lead, and they just collectively fell apart. Too bad for okay, Baltimore, now, and Pittsburgh moves on. So Pittsburgh moves on. Baltimore, 125 yards of offense. Yep. Uh, the Steelers had 260. The Steelers. 385 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how many rushing yards Aaron Rodgers had, Coach, but he probably had more than 20. Would you agree? Yes. I, I wish I knew the exact number. Well, he definitely had 366 yards passing. So Aaron Rodgers by himself totaled more offense than both of the playoff teams in the AFC game. Ouch. As we move to the Atlanta and Green Bay game. <laughs> Boy, that's putting things in its place, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. So not, not a great day for Ray Rice or uh, our good friend Rashard Mendenhall. Well, okay. Mendenhall right. had two touchdowns, coach, and he ran for first downs like four times on like third and short. Mm-hmm. So 
you're right. He only had 46 yards, but he had a very productive 46 yards. Like Chester Taylor had 44 yards for the Bears, but it was by far his best game because he had a bunch of clutch short runs that were really important for the Bears on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you. Finally, uh, Chester Taylor, hopefully that's not the last uh, for us to advance in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. I think Chester Taylor's not the key player, but contributions from him can definitely be a key. Yep. Let's go to game two Saturday night. The Green Bay Packers all over the Atlanta Falcon. The Falcon fans were out there ready to scream and holler. and They were so fired up. Big Saturday night national television crowd going crazy. and The Packers just shut them up. Big Dog, uh, one of the more impressive quarterbacking performances we've seen in recent playoff years. Could you tell me which one was better? I've been trying to think of a better performance than that. I, I can't think of it. I'm thinking Peyton Manning had one game against the Broncos, but the Broncos were horrible. I can't think of any game anybody's ever played better than that. And we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers all season, really the last couple of years, talking about how good he is. And you could talk about all the attributes of quarterbacks, you know, mobility, the ability to throw deep, the ability to see the field. All that stuff is important. It still comes down to accuracy a pass, and, and he's one of the best I've ever seen. You know, there can be two defenders up the middle. He'll still throw the football. He has the confidence to do it, and he can hit receivers in stride. His accuracy uh, with defenders around is so impressive. How oh, he doesn't go down when blitzers come in. That People too. go untouched, and they're yeah. right about to drill him, and he just casually turns his shoulders, and they go right past him, and then he continues to look downfield and, and then do exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. And not, not always sort of the sidelines either. He's, he's not afraid to go up the middle. You know me, uh, the, the big fan of the 13, 18, 21 yard, that mid-range mm-hmm. pass. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. might be one of the best mid-range passers that I've ever seen. The kid's phenomenal, Coach. And for years, we've been doing this show together, and I would always bash Brett Favre. And you would say to me, it's just because you hate the Packers. He's a joy to watch. Bubba. And I would say, no, Coach, I hate that guy. i got to tell you something. I love Aaron Rodgers, Coach. Mm-hmm. So it isn't a Green Bay thing. It was, for some reason, Brett Favre always rubbed me the wrong way. And this week, trust me, for three hours, I'm going to I'm gonna hate Aaron Rodgers, but when the game's over, win or lose, you know, I, I'm going to like the kid again. He seems like a really, really, really good guy. Yep. I like the guy. Yep, no question. Packers 45-14. to 14. I don't know what more needs to be said there. Receiving core was outstanding. Their tight end, Jordy Nelson, had a big game, and uh, they just uh, came to play, and the Falcons uh, could not respond, big dog, and we move on. Yeah, and if you think about it, the Falcons, are, they, they needed to run the ball. Why did they forget they had Michael Turner back there? Did not commit to the run. Mm-mm. No question no, they about did it. Not. And Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, as they call him, good quarterback, but he's not yet ready to um, just pass a team to a championship game. Not yet. Might be in a couple years, but you could see he's not that good just yet. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we move to a Saturday, Sunday at 12 o'clock. I forget what two teams were playing at Sunday at 12 o'clock. Well, I think the Seattle Seahawks ah, came to Chicago. That's right. It was the Bears game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd be proud of me, by the way. Remember I said I was refereeing Special Olympics on Sunday. And somehow, some way, made it through the entire afternoon without finding out the score. Went home at 4 o'clock and watched the Bears game. And I defied all odds, Big Dog. I made it out of there without hearing the score. Wow, that's awesome. I bet there was Thank a you. lot of other people doing the same thing you were doing, though, Coach. No. Nope, there seemed to be a lot of people. Uh, well, they had TVs out in the hall, so anybody that wanted to could kind of catch the action, but the people were kind of focused on the game. I was surprised. That's well, good. Yeah, although there was one female Special Olympics guard on, I think, the Little City team, probably about 55 years old. She had the bear, uh, what's the headgear, what's the um, 
not the headband, but uh, uh, bandana. Okay. She had the bear bandana on. She had a white T-shirt with the Chicago Bear long sleeve going on. And then she had the Chicago Bear pajama bottoms. And That's that, like what I'm wearing right now. That was her outfit for the game. And she played good defense, Big Dell. You would have been impressed. She deed it up and she passed the ball. She was my favorite player of the day. Now, now I got to, I have to admit, you know, bandana, you uh-huh. know, when, when you're out and people are drinking, that's the hood that the guy's going to start the fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bandana on the basketball court usually means they'll share the ball uh-huh. and, uh, and play tenacious defense. Coach. That's what she did. That's what she did. Probably 55, maybe going on 60, but she deed it up, played the entire game, led her team to victory. Very impressive. Very impressive. By the way, the, the uh, guy wearing the Packer outfit, Yep. I, I fouled him out in the first half. Oh, excellent, coach! Excellent. I knew yeah. you, did you did you did you run anybody or just foul him out? I tried to, but I just fouled him out. Okay. I thought you know it's Special Olympics. I got to be a little kinder and gentler. If it would have been uh, you know a regular high school basketball game, kid wearing Packer socks or something like that, I would I would have run him. No question. <laughs> no question about it. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. We'll get back to the bear game in a second, but real quick, the final game, the number one seed, the top team during the regular season. We mentioned a big dog. One bad game and you are out and boy. Did the New England Patriot offense have a bad game? They were out of sync. Part of it, no question, I'm sure you're going to mention it, due to the New York Jet defensive coverage, which was outstanding. But Tom Brady, I've never seen him so out of sync. Yeah, they they were doing great. Blitzes, coach. They were doing stuff where only three guys would rush, and the Jets never do that. But they would rush them in a way where they, the Patriots thought the blitz was coming from this side, but it came from the other side. And next, you know, they they'd have five guys blocking two people and one guy one on one, and that guy would beat his man and get the Brady. So they were getting pressure with only three rushers, mm-hmm. and and the Patriots are keeping six in. I mean, that happened like a handful of occasions. And if if you get pressure with eight in coverage. You're gonna do. That's gonna be very difficult for any quarterback to get rid of the football. Yeah, even I think the difference was what I saw with Tom Brady. You know, teams have tried all kinds of things to disrupt the New England Patriot offense. Don't kid yourself. People watch tape. They've been good, and Tom Brady's been great for uh, many, many years. But the difference is, you know, you blitz from different angles. You you know, you you drop six, you rush six, you mix it up. The difference is, big dog. If there's open receivers, Tom Brady will find them. He has that yeah. great vision and the great quick relief. The difference in the New York Jet game, big reason for the upset was the receivers or whatever defense they were playing, they were covered. And they showed yeah. it on TV over and over again, and the analysts or analysts were talking about it. And that's the difference. There was no open receiver. The coverage by the defensive backs was outstanding. Uh, oh, phenomenal. Daryl Revis was all Ooh, over everybody. Nice. Antonio Camardi was yep. – uh, he played one of his better games as a pro. You know, he, he's – he spoke, and then he backed it up. They had Kyle Wilson, the kid from Boise State, out there, so they played a lot of three-corner sets. I mean, it was uh, they they played phenomenal, coach. Mm-hmm. They really did. They really did. And uh, late in the game, you know, it, it got to the point where the offensive coordinator started running the ball. The Patriots started yep. running the ball when yep. they needed two scores, and they showed Belichick on the sidelines, and they <laughs> he read his lips. He said, yeah. "Throw the ball." Yeah. Oh, but I, I can understand a coordinator. If you're not having any success, you got to try to do something else, maybe. Well, you know, at, at that point, you're it, it's a quandary of thoughts because you're thinking you got to get two scores to, to win the game. Yeah, but uh, but the other the other part of it is in order to get two scores, 
you got to get your first score first, and they weren't doing it through the air. They were doing it on the ground. So I could see the the quandary why Belichick was mad. I could also see why the New England coordinator was calling the running plays because they were moving and looking like eventually, anyways, they were going to score. Yeah, yeah. They, the, I've never seen their passing attack. Uh, you know, unless I mean, in all the years, even in the Super Bowl game that the Giants beat them, I thought they they played better than they played yesterday against mm-hmm. the Jets. Wow. Big Doug, you've analyzed the defensive backs. I know you're a big fan of defensive backfield coverage, both on the field and off. Watching Daryl Revis play, where would you rank him in uh, some of the best cover guys that you've ever viewed in your 37 years inhabiting this fine earth? Well, the, the, Coach, that's, I, I do appreciate you uh, <laughs> like putting, putting me way up there. And, okay, uh, uh, Champ Bailey uh, in uh, over from 2000 to 2004. Like right in the early 2000s, it was as good as we've ever seen on this planet. Okay, uh, Michael Haynes of the Raiders in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe the greatest that I ever saw. Okay, coach, I would have to say right now he's the best that I ever saw. But he also Michael had a lot of help because Lester Hayes was on the other side, and yep. you know he made his life a lot easier. But uh, Daryl Revis is way up there, and and if you're talking about like who's the greatest cornerback of all time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 Dick Nitrain Lane, it's Deion Sanders, it's Mike Haynes, it's Champ Bailey, and it's Daryl Rebus. If I normally you have five corners mm-hmm. on your team, if I had to take five cornerbacks all time, those five are the guys I take. Okay. And by the way, Terry Schmidt of the Bears didn't make it, coach. <laughs> How about Jeff Fisher, Guppy? Not even in the team picture. Well, he he might be on the free safety list, but we're not letting him play corner ever, uh-huh. ever. All so right, that, I think the coach he's he's on. He's in the team picture of the greatest corners that have ever played yeah, the game. I would agree with you. Talking about Daryl Revis. Yes, absolutely. Coach. Yeah. Is it Revis or Revis? Daryl Revis, as in Revis Island. Okay. And it, you talk about what a nickname, Coach. When they guard you, when he guards you, they just call it Revis Island. I mean, that's if you get sometimes your name, your nickname does two things: it makes people notice you, and the other one is sometimes it kind of creates. Something in your own head mm-hmm. that makes you even better. Mm-hmm. And when you're a cornerback, you have to have the utmost confidence. It, it, it's kind of like a hitter in baseball or a closer in baseball. It's one of those positions where if you get beat, like if you're a closer in baseball and you get beat, oh, you're horrible. Everybody, people who don't watch your team but just saw the one highlight of you, you can save 50 games, you blow one, and somebody sees you blow that game, and, oh, he sucks, he's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things, and that's what it's like in corners. So if you have a nickname like Revis Island, then people know. They know not mm-hmm. to mess with you, Coach, and, yeah. and you, you believe in yourself. I mean, when somebody calls you Night Train Lane, you know you're supposed to run over people. <laughs> okay. And, by the way, do yourself a favor, Coach. When you go home tonight, I, I, I'm, I'm sure David Olson has done this before. Yes. Just YouTube. Dick Night Train Lane hit because you're going to see a guy that should be playing in 2011 and he was playing in 1950 and he I mean, legitimately I, I, he he almost killed some of those poor white receivers coach he played for legitimately uh, he played for Jim Schwartz and the Detroit Lion right yeah he played he was a lion and a ram coach okay. both of those mm-hmm. you know I had written down uh, three defensive backs and I love when you pontificate on defensive back. Coverage, by the way, that was outstandingly done. Nobody can pontificate with yourself. Corners, by the way, I was just doing corners. I was not adding safeties in the mix. Yeah, but I, I wrote three names down, and, and none of those were the ones you mentioned. All the ones you mentioned, uh, I would not disagree with you. They're all great. Oh, Deion uh, Sanders. 
I might take issue with uh, putting him up quite that high. The three names I wrote down, and part of the reason you didn't pick them was because they're a little bit before your generation. Just off the top of my head, Larry Wilson played for the Saints. Very, very, very great player. St. Louis Cardinals back in the day. Lem Barney for the Detroit Lions, not the cover guy that Daryl Revis or some of the names you mentioned are, but for playmaking ability, for being dangerous as far as an interceptor, for just dramatic plays in the defensive back. Though He's probably the best defensive back I can ever remember. He did not do it for a lot of years, but it was about two, three, four-year period. He was dominant. And then the guy you'll probably remember, Big Dog, that you left out of the team picture, Washington Redskin great Daryl Green has to be in that, yeah, yeah, in that, that conversation. Daryl Green, he's, has the, he's the Brett Favre of corners because yeah. he did it forever. He's, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if he was ever the best in the game when he was playing, but he was one of the best for 20 years. I mean, the guy was a, a quarter in the NFL for 20 years. Yeah, he won but, three Super Bowls. But it wasn't just longevity with him. He he was he. If if I could picture someone playing back in the day as close to Daryl Revis as now style wise, it would be Daryl Green because he was physical. He was a straight cover guy. Not a lot of fancy stuff. He just covered you. You know, yeah. pure. You could make moves, and he would be right there, and probably a better interceptor than Daryl Revis is. That kid was, and, and he wasn't that big, was he, Daryl Green? So uh, Daryl Green is small. He yeah. was five foot eight, like a like one hundred and seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I remember when he signed a contract his last year, people were like, "Are you coming back?" And he decided to come back, and so they they paid him a lot of money. And people are like, "Why is Schneider paying this guy blankety blank amount of money?" And he was like, hold up. And he goes outside after the press conference, and somebody grabs a stopwatch, and he ran a 40 and 422. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, how old was he, like 38? He was, yeah, he was 38 or 39. Yeah. There, there's our cornerbacks at the combine running four fives, and people are drafting them, okay? Mm-hmm. That was 38 years old running a 42. <laughs> I couldn't run 20 yards in 40 right now. <laughs> and I, and I'm fast for my age. By the way, real quick, and I want to get to some of the other stories. We'll take a quick break after this. Again, phone line's open if you want to check in. Coach of the Big Dog talking some NFL football from the weekend that was. If we don't get to it today, don't worry, folks. Plenty of time for Bear Packer hype coming up. We don't want to peek out too early. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Daryl Revis, I remember he was a holdout. The Jets were uh, the featured team on HBO's Real... Uh, what's it called? Um, the show where, well, yeah. if you can't get Daryl Revis' name right, Daryl Revis. Whatever. But okay. he, he was. I'm not, not going to give you the name of Hard Knock. He was, thank you. He was a holdout for most of, if not all, of training camp, Big Dog. And he joins the team, and he has a phenomenal season. You can see how he is. So uh, my guess my question to you is, and we've seen this before with other athletes, is training camp and that pre-preparation, is it overrated? If you can play, you can play, and you can step in pretty quickly? No, because don't forget, Daryl Rivas was not good the first week of the season against the Ravens. He got beat. And the second week of the season, uh, he got hurt against, uh, who were they playing? I forget who they were playing. He was not good until six, seven weeks into the season. So he did not hit the ground runner. He was a very good corner who is limping around the field with sore hamstrings. That is Daryl. It took Daryl Rivas a long time to get mm-hmm. into the season okay. form. All right. So I, I just, I'm just, I just, I don't think, but you're right. By week 10, he was the best corner in football again. Okay. Okay. But so it does not totally denigrate uh, everything they do at uh, spring training or training camp in the case of football. Well, there's like, look at LaDamian Damian Thomason. 
I mean, how many great years did he have when he never did anything in, in preseason? Mm-hmm. So I, I, it, it's not for everybody. All right. Well, that's Lovey Smith's philosophy. Don't hit too much. Keep the guys rested in training camp. Some people criticize that. All right, we got to take a quick break. And again, Big Doe, just to sum up our conversation, is it Revis or Revis? It's Daryl Revis. Revis. And is it Radwanski or Radwanski? Whatever makes you happy, Coach. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. It's two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. We'll get off the football beat. Talk some college hoop, NBA, Australian Open, Cub Convention when we come back. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888-GO-FOR-IT once again here's the coach John Cohn and the big dog Joel Radwanski on TalkZone.com TalkZone.com two guys and a mic thank you again for joining us beautiful Tuesday here fine city of Chicago wherever you're listening from hope you had a Great weekend, Martin Luther King Day off, or if you were working, a great Monday out there. And again, we appreciate you joining us on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Big Dog, we mentioned there was more than football over the weekend, my friend. Lots going on, including here in Chicago. The always popular Cub Convention, we said we'd spend 30 seconds on it. I've already spent 10, you got 20. Okay, well, uh, I don't care about the convention. <laughs> Have fun out there, guys. You know, uh, 28-year-old virgins. It's probably a great day for prostitutes. Uh what? Because I mean, it's, well, it's at a hotel. Okay. Get a bunch of virgins together. You know what I mean? Okay, that's an interesting angle. I thought you were going to go with the the fact that they announced there will be a Ron Santos statue, but you pass up Ron Santos statue talk to go with the virgin slash prostitute talk. An interesting well, call by yourself. I, that... I, I, went, I already mentioned the Ron Santos statue last yep. Friday. You did. Yes, I did. That's interesting because they didn't announce it till Saturday. No, they did. They announced it before that. Uh, now, by the way, the statue pigeon proof. <laughs> it is. Worry about, you don't have really? to worry about pigeon poop on the statue. Wow. Somehow they're gonna they're gonna put it with some nice. type of an elixir. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so the pigeon poop will just slide right off it. I wonder, if, is that stuff available for cars as well? Uh, yes, it is, Coach. But it would make your car lot seven tons. Not good on gas mileage. Okay, that's a problem so. because uh, somehow outside here at the TalkZone.com, not now in the winter, of course. But spring and summer, I don't know if they've spotted my car or if our general manager, Chris Whitting, has trained pigeons. I don't know what it is, but I get attacked on a regular basis. What can I tell you? All right. I, I, I can't, now, there is a couple of wildlife areas around. Apparently. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of wildlife yeah. areas around your particular yeah. uh One of them, I think, line. is the uh, the Morrison Bar about a, uh, a mile down on Milwaukee Avenue. If you want to see wildlife, try going in there at about 12 o'clock at night. Okay, we definitely. I, I would be more than happy to see that, Coach. Yeah. If you want to support wildlife, throw a party. <laughs> By the way, let me just throw this out to you as we are hopefully looking ahead to a Super Bowl 
here in Chicago. Bear Packer Mania coming up. Let me just throw this out to you right now. Let it sink in like a fine wine, big dog. 30 days. 30 days till pitchers and catchers report. Oh, Coach, I, I cannot wait. And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we have uh, the Chicago Bears to keep us distracted. And, and I'm also glad that, you know, Illinois has got a pretty decent basketball team to keep me yeah. distracted. But, yes, baseball okay. is just around the corner. Four best words in the uh, sports dictionary. Pitchers and catchers report. Big dog, nice transition. Let's talk college basketball real quick. Uh, some big, a uh, couple of Big East games I want to talk about yesterday. But you mentioned your fighting Illini. Tough loss to Wisconsin over the weekend, but uh, no rest for the weary. They're back at it at home, going up against a team you might be familiar with. They're called Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. There's a big game for Illinois if they're going to. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure they're going to make the tournament, coach. But, yes. um, if they have any shot at, at a Big Ten championship, and hopefully that that's what they're playing for, they they need to get a win tonight, Coach. So uh, Michigan State, I don't I don't know what it is. I, I guess the reason why the the Big Ten is so good this year is there's so many teams where people are like, those guys are still here. Like Taylor Lucas and Jermon Green are still on the mm-hmm. team. Corey Lucius is still a Michigan State Spartan. And it's funny I'm saying that and. And, and Claudia the other day is giving me crap. He's like, Tisdale and Mike Davis and McCamey are still on your team? <laughs> and then I'm like, you still got Diebler and Lighty and Lauderdale. And he's, you know, he just laughed. You know, so I guess it's like a, a lot of senior leadership all over the Big Ten this year. Yeah, it's as strong cool. as it's ever been. Not as strong as the Big East, which is ridiculously powerful, but the balance of the Big Ten is outstanding, and that should be a good game. And, and uh, Michigan State, even if they lose tonight, don't take your eye off the prize. We all know what the prize is in March. Tom Izzo, you know, and he bugs me sometimes because, you know, he is the great Tom Izzo and he'll be the first to tell you. But he's a heck of a coach and I, I just get the feeling he's like an auto mechanic, big dog tuning up the car. And he knows he's got one of the best cars in the game, but he's, he's, you know, fixing it up a little bit, you know, tuning it up, working on the wheels, looking under the front hood. But come tournament time, that baby's going to be ready to go. And Michigan State, like you said, with their experience, to be as good as any team in the country, Duke, Pittsburgh, throw them all in there. The Spartans will be right in the team picture. Yeah, it, it, they'll figure it out. And by the end of the year, they've played a, a brutal non-conference schedule, yep. which is typical for uh, for uh, Tom Izzo. And this year, since he knew he had so much uh, experience, they played in an ex- like even worse schedule than normal. So mm-hmm. they'll be ready. Without hey, uh, question, they're going to be ready. Underneath my uh, Bears poncho, by the way, is my purple Northwestern shirt. As I'm going to the Northwestern game, Big Dog, I know we got to move on, but quickly, a little love for my Wildcat. They lost in overtime at Michigan State, had the final possession, literally a foul call away from pulling off the upset of Michigan State. A little love for the Purple, if you would. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I hate people who complain and, and, and moan about about the referee, and there were some really bad calls against Northwestern at the end of that game, too. Mm-hmm. Draymond but, Green over-the-back call that was not called? Oh my goodness, coach. He, that was ridiculous. And then they called on the next possession down. Yep. They called a foul on somebody for getting a body on Draymond Green. And that's mm-hmm. all they did. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. But a heck but, of an uh, effort. They'll be, uh, they'll be favored tonight at home against, uh, mm-hmm. against Michigan. That game's on yep. the Big Ten Network. So yep. you people check it out. It should be an excellent ball game. Yeah, I'll be there eight o'clock at night. Uh, just as they pan the crowd, big dog, look for the guy wearing the bear poncho and no pantalones. That'll be me. And you'll probably have a, a seats all the way around you, Coach. That's a good way to get seats. Yes. I found a good way of creating space, no question about it. Um, <laughs> Big East, we mentioned real quick before we head off of college basketball. We got any hoop fans out there, NBA or college, feel free. Dial it up, Coach and the Big Dog. 
888-463-6748. Two great games last night that kind of signified how talented and how exciting the Big East is. Connecticut, last second win over Villanova and uh, Pittsburgh, knocking off Syracuse. Those four teams, Big Doug, are awfully, awfully good. Uh, who's the kid, Kimber Wilson? Oh, is, is that... he good? Oh, my goodness. Kimber yeah, Walker. Kimber Walker. Woo! He is... Uh... He's like Eric Gore, I mean, not Eric Gore, but Ben Gordon from UConn, that's, but he he shares the ball a little bit. That's exactly who he reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Gordon was incredible at UConn, coach. It was awesome yeah. there. So. Yeah. If you haven't seen Kimba Walker right now, if they uh, had college basketball player of the year, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, big dog. Uh, John Sherna's out of the team picture right now, but I, I think Kimba Walker of Connecticut right now is your NCAA uh, player of the year. I would. He'd be my number two guy. Yeah, he okay. is just an electric score. I watched a game. Who was it? Um, went right down to the wire, and they got a real talented freshman guard. Does Connecticut? I'm forgetting the kid's name now. And it came down to the final possession, and the freshman guard took the final shot and missed. And ever since then, Connecticut's won like two or three games down to the wire, and Kimball Walker's taken the final shot, including yesterday where he hit the game winner with 2.5 seconds left. I guarantee you Jim Calhoun and the coaching staff told that freshman, your time will come, but uh, end-of-the-game situations, Kimball Walker gets the ball, and that's what's happened the last few games. Yeah, you got to get it in your in your stars hand. And this is going to be a really good year for uh, Player of the Year because the one guy that, that you didn't mention uh, – Playing for BYU, Jimmer Fredette. He's in the he's in the hunt. Yeah, he's. I mean, the guy's averaging what thirty five points a game. Yeah, he had a forty six pointer about a week ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's hit a couple game winning shots this year. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a very good player of the year race. Mm-hmm. Not Jimmy, by the way, for those listening, it's Jimmer. Yeah, it's that love weird. that name. Love that name. All right, uh, we move to the NBA real quick. I got to talk about our Chicago Bulls. They beat the Miami Heat over the weekend. The Heat were missing LeBron, big dog. The Bulls uh, had Carlos Boozer get injured in the fourth quarter. Bulls hang on to win, and then they win in the Martin Luther King game at Memphis yesterday without Boozer, without Joakim Noah. The Bulls continue to roll. Pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and Derrick Rose had his first career triple-double yesterday. Yep. Looking very special, and... um Yesterday, Stacey King, did you get the chance to watch the game, Coach? I did, but I watched the ESPN national telecast. Okay, because, uh, oh, I didn't know I would have watched uh, that. I like watching national yep. coverages more. Jeff. Not because I don't enjoy Neil Funk and Stacey King. I just mm-hmm. like to hear uh, other exactly. perspectives uh, on our teams. But Stacey King yesterday, when <laughs> when Kyle Corver started nailing every three he took, yeah. it was hilarious, Coach. <laughs> Stop it! You're hurting their feelings! Don't do it no more, Kyle! He's... You're a guest in their house! That was pretty funny, Coach. I mean, it was... Yeah. I mean, that was been cracking up yeah. over what he was saying. What an upgrade uh, to the dearly departed. Of course, we don't want to criticize a man who passed away a year ago, but Johnny Kerr had uh, run his course about three, four years ago. Stacey King, a significant upgrade, and he is funny when the Bulls start... Or when Rose goes up for one of his uh, dramatic... Slam dunk plays or, you know, unbelievable drives and layups. Some yeah. of his verbiage and the way he just, his unabashed excitement and enthusiasm, it's funny to hear. I don't think we will ever hear a better dunk call than, I want to go higher. <laughs> I mean, come on, that was that was beautiful. Even though Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. who was hurt, and the, the the Dallas Mavericks gave him a microphone and he was caught. He was calling the game from the bench, and Tyson Chandler had a dunk, uh-huh. and he screamed, take that with you, which right now is the greatest dunk of all time. 
I mean, call of a dunk of all time. Cause, and he did it like, um, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody here, but he sounded very much like somebody that you were officiating this weekend, Coach. He didn't, it didn't yeah. come out. Right. It came out like a German seven foot giant is yep. what it came out like. Take right. that with you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, if you YouTube that, so Dick Night Train Lane and Dirk yes. Nowitzki, take that with you. You will laugh. I mean, you will definitely laugh at both I've, of them. I've got that in my notes. I do homework. I take notes when you talk, Big Dog. I'm going to uh, YouTube some of Dick Night Train Lane's big hits. And, uh, of course, we'll be watching a lot of the Packer and Bear hype from games gone by. You know, I'm sure we'll be watching. What was the last time they they played? Was it back in 1941 for the championship, I think? Yeah. That it was, was the date? Believe it or not, it was December 14th, 1941. Mm-hmm. And that was seven days after Pearl Harbor. Wow. And uh, the Bears put a little bit of a beatdown on the Packers that day. Because, mm-hmm. you know, very rarely, even though they're storied teams and, and have a lot of championships, the Bears and Packers are number one and number two in the NFL for most NFL championships. They haven't been good at the same time a lot. Yep. Typically, when one is really good, the other one is, is average. So, like, during the 1990s, the Packers were good every year. The Bears were average, you know. So uh, during the like during the the eighties, the Bears were incredible, and the and the the, the Packers were average. Seventies, they both were average. You know, the sixties was the other way around. So it it, it doesn't. They, this only the second time they've ever been in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. It for is. Me. Uh, I think most fans, even the most arduous fans, were amazed at uh, when that possibility came up about a week ago that it had been that long and that seldom that the two teams had met. But there's going to be a ton of hype going for that game. How about real quick the uh, the point spread? The Green Bay Packers at Chicago, a three-point favorite. Probably legitimate big dog, but will the Bears take that as a insult and maybe make it work for them? Yeah, I, I'm not worried about that whatsoever. I've been hearing Packer fans talking smack. Even Vegas thinks we're favorites. Yeah, you know what? They, that doesn't matter. Okay, that does, Who cares? Because so far there have been eight playoff games so far, and how have the favorites done in those eight, in those eight games so far? Mm-hmm. Oh, they, I think they're three and five. You know, I'm not talking about against the spread. I'm talking about straight up overall. Yep. I mean, if you think about it, in uh, this weekend, two they went two and two because the the Steelers and Bears are favored. They won. The other two favorites lost. Okay. The week one, the Chiefs. Uh, they were like uh, the 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 Chiefs, Falcons, and um, I forget the other one, but they they went one and three the first week. Yeah. The favored so, teams and the home teams, uh, so far the the effect has not been that much. Well, how no, many no, home no, teams no, no, the, this the past first, weekend? Sorry, the, the, the Jets won against the Colts, and they were underdogs. The Seahawks won against the Saints, and they were underdogs. Uh-huh. And, the, and then the Packers won against the Falcons. Yeah. So, uh, the, whoever the, the Packers played, the Eagles, they were underdogs and won. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the Ravens were favored. And the home home field advantage, which we talked about being overrated, was uh, two and two over the weekend, right? Steelers yeah. won at home, Bears won at home. Okay, so so you know. three and five are favorites. Interesting. So, yeah, so all these Packer fans talking smack like it matters because there's been a lot of that this week. Mm-hmm. I just laugh. I'm like, go ahead, yeah, the okay. Vegas thinks you're better. That's fine right. with me. I'm going to give you two uh, seven words or less, and then producer extraordinaire David Olson will give us a one word. Answer to my final question of the day. Big dog, real quick, seven words or less. Zenyatta. Over the weekend, Zenyatta named the horse of the year over blame. Your thoughts on the great Zenyatta? 
Those are going to be expensive bottles of glue. <laughs> bottles of who? Glue. Okay. And also uh, opening up yesterday, lost in all the football action, one of the great traditions in all the sport. In the land down under, the Australian Open had begun. Oh, uh, yeah. They, I guess there's all types of flooding and a bunch of yes. bats going down in Australia. So, Very bad. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice that they're having the Australia Open now to get a little focus on what's going on down there. Yeah, a lot well, of flood let, let's hope some of that focus can bring in some badly needed dollars and, and, and assistance because that flooding, you watch some of the videos there, is truly, truly tragic. Finally, David Olson, our producer. Uh, one-word answer. I got a feeling I know what the answer is, but uh, real quick, will we? In the days to come here leading up to the Bear Packer hike, will we have any Bear Packer tickets to give away to our loyal listeners? Doubtful. It's better than no, Big Doug. Wow, that's, I, but I, I, that, that was an optimistic doubt. It was. I was anticipating a two-word, uh, a two-letter. One-worder, he left <laughs> He left the window open. That'll, that'll, <laughs> that'll bring some listeners back. Big Doug, great talking to you. Thanks for coming on today, and uh, tomorrow we'll talk about an Illinois victory over Michigan State, okay? Oh, I certainly hope so, Coach. All right, get out of your three-point stance now. It's it's you know a long time till Sunday. Relax. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. We'll be back at it 10 o'clock tomorrow. Tell a friend.